You're listening to the Ancestral Elements Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Gray. Join me as we cover topics about nutrition, health, and lifestyle so you can have ancestral health in a modern world. This episode is brought to you by Ancestral Elements Supplements. If you're looking to reduce your inflammation and increase your antioxidants in your diet, look to the bear clover tincture. I worked with UC Davis to get it lab tested to ensure the highest nutrition possible and that it was a clean and robust tincture. The bear clover plant, or the Chamabisha foliarosa, is a plant that only grows in the western Sierra Nevada mountains. I wild forage it and then extract it in an alcohol tincture. It's sweetened with a hint of maple syrup combined with ginger root and lemon peel. It has a very similar antioxidant profile to green tea. It contains components of EGCG and quercetin, and it's also high in calcium, magnesium, and manganese. This plant has been used for thousands of years by the Sierra Nevada Miwok tribe and was traditionally used to combat flus and colds. And with this tincture, you get the best of both worlds. I used a double decoction method, which utilizes the water-soluble nutrients as well as the ethanol-extracted nutrients, and I combine them back together to provide you with the robust suite of nutrients that this plant can provide. For podcast listeners, I've created an exclusive coupon code, SUMMER21. If you go to AncestralElements.com, navigate to the nutrition page, there's a drop-down menu called Supplements, and you can use that discount code SUMMER21 at checkout to receive 25% off your order. Now, here's the show. Hey, and welcome back to the Ancestral Elements Podcast. This is Episode 37, The Lymphatic System and Nutritional Genomics more than waste management. On this episode, we're going to cover the topic of lymph. We're going to talk about what it is, how it moves through the body, why it's important, and then how it integrates as a complete system. Lymph is one of those things that tends to not be recognized until there's an issue. And that could be as a result from disease, but it also can be a result from metabolic dysfunction, which is just starting to really be looked at seriously. And so we're going to get into topics about how nutritional genomics and how diet and lifestyle impacts the lymph. The lymphatic system is often referred to as kind of the toxic waste dumps of your body. But the function of lymph goes way beyond just getting rid of toxic substances and inferring immunity to your body. So we're going to get into those other areas that are not typically associated with lymph. The lymphatic system typically runs parallel to your veins in your body. And that's important because things need to move in and out between the veins and the lymph for detoxification purposes and immune system regulation. So it's this kind of continual crosstalk between the lymphatic system and your veins, your blood, because it's constantly pulling things out. The movement of lymph moves towards the heart and typically up kind of the center of the body. You have this central channel that runs in the direction of the heart. And so above the heart, your head and neck, let's say, things shuttle down. And then below the heart, everything kind of shuttles up. And that's to drain into this thoracic cavity that all of the lymph feeds into from all your auxiliary areas in your body. It's important to realize that lymph is a complete system in your body, meaning it integrates with every other system. So it integrates with every organ, it integrates into your intestines. So it's not just your lymph nodes that are swollen up when you're sick and you can feel those a little bit. The nodes are 
act as little reservoirs, and they're all over your body. You can feel them in your neck. You can feel them sometimes in your armpits. But what they do is they kind of house extra lymph. They're little reservoirs for lymph to kind of concentrate in there. And that helps not only fight infection, but it helps filter the rest of the lymph. And they also serve a purpose for keeping things pressurized in the system, essentially. It's kind of like a hydraulic pump. What physically moves lymph is smooth muscle and skeletal muscle. And then it has its own kind of concentration gradient within it. Albeit low, the concentration is typically low within the vessels, the lymph vessels themselves. But there is a pressure gradient to it. And so that's typically how it flows and essentially defies gravity in most of your body to move upwards towards the heart. Now, the lymphatic system is made up mainly of lymphocytes, which are primarily white blood cells, and that's how they fight infection. Your lymph is circulating constantly in your body, and it has these lymphocytes in it, in the vessels, in the nodes, that are constantly scanning the body for foreign invaders, viruses, bacteria, whatever it may be that it doesn't recognize. And so this is why it's important to realize that this is a complete system. It runs in and out of every single tissue in your body because it needs to scan and survey the entire body. And so that's why if you're sick, your lymph glands or your nodes swell up because another job of the lymphatic system is to maintain your fluid balance. So it collects all the extracellular fluids that leave the tissues. Basically, all of the, the fluid byproducts collect in the lymph from the surrounding tissues so the body can dispose of them. So if you have a sore throat, for example, that inflammation kind of sends more receptors, more white blood cells, more killer B cells, killer T cells to fight infection in that area. It's a signaling pathway just as much as it is a filter for your immune system. And the third job of the lymphatic system is lipid transport, which we'll get into a little bit later. But already we have three very important jobs that the lymph is constantly doing. It's controlling fluid balance in your tissues. It's modulating your immune response. And then it's transporting fat. And so the fact that we don't pay much attention to the lymph in our body and how it moves and what it's doing and where it gets blocked, I think is a major disservice to people and certainly a disservice to metabolic health and nutrition. It's very rare that you will hear a nutritionist talk about lymph, which is why I'm on here talking about lymph, because it needs to be talked about and the connection needs to be made between diet and what lymph is doing because it's a very, very important system to not ignore, especially right now. And just to give you guys an idea of the volume that's being passed through the lymphatic system and the blood vessels of the body and the capillaries especially, it's about 17 liters. Basically, all of the byproduct of your cells and cellular respiration and digestion, all of the extracellular fluids that get discarded out of the tissues run through the lymph in the blood. It handles a big volume. So it's when I say it's constantly filtering, it is constantly filtering. I mean, 17 liters is a large amount. And the organs specifically that deal with a lot of lymph that have kind of extra impact on the whole system at large is the spleen, because the spleen is a big filter, the thymus gland, and then the tonsils. And that's why they tend not to take tonsils out anymore. They don't do as many tonsillectomies anymore as they used to. When I was a kid growing up in the early 90s, they used to take people's tonsils out 
at the first sign of inflammation. And they tend not to do that as much anymore because they realized it was affecting the immune system quite a bit. And you get a direct impact on how many colds you're getting versus if you've had your tonsils taken out, among other things. Now, in regards to nutrition in your diet, we're going to really focus today on what the lymph is doing inside the intestines and how it regulates your epigenetics. And this is something that has just kind of recently been looked at the past five years or so. It wasn't really understood what the primary function of the lymph in the intestines was doing, but it turns out it its primary function for being in the intestines is to transport lipids and forms of cholesterol through the body and into tissues, into membranes of the cells in the body. And it does that through lymph. So while most other nutrients that you're digesting and breaking down in the small intestine in particular get passed through the portal vein to the liver, fats get passed directly into the lymphatic system and then into the veins, which I don't think too many people realize. I mean, I definitely didn't realize until I started looking at this stuff years ago. You know, you typically think that fat just kind of goes into your bloodstream, but it gets filtered through the lymph before it does that. And that's a really key thing to recognize. And after the fat and the lymph get mixed, it gets mixed into what is called chyle. And then that chyle drains from the small intestine, to the lymph, and then eventually to the bloodstream. When I was a phlebotomist and drawing blood, you know, you would take tubes of blood off of people, and if they had had a fatty meal, then you would see globs of fat in the tube that you drew blood off of, and they would just be floating in there. And so, you know, venous blood is what the phlebotomists usually call dirty blood, whereas arterial blood is a lot cleaner because it all gets filtered very efficiently by the organs and the lymph, whereas blood in the veins is currently being filtered by the lymph because it's this kind of systematic process that takes time. I mean, when your body is filtering about 17 liters, that's a lot of things to filter. And another key nutritional component to the lymphatic system is the fact that it's transporting all of your fat-soluble nutrients. So your fat-soluble vitamins, for example, like vitamin D. The lymphatic system is what's transporting that. And so that's why things like vitamin D, vitamin A, your major fat-soluble vitamins are heavily implicated in the immune system and in your immunity. So if you're deficient in those, you're going to have a huge impact on your overall immune system because it's directly tied in with your lymphatic system. And it won't be transporting those nutrients in adequate numbers to your other tissues of the body. And you can imagine if you have some type of dysbiosis or gut disruption, how that impacts the lymphatic system from the small intestine. So if you're dealing with some type of metabolic syndrome, whether it's SIBO or type 2 diabetes or chronic obesity, all of that directly impact not only the lymphatic system, but the nutrients that are getting transported within the lymphatic system itself. So let's just take chronic obesity for a moment. I'm sure all of you listening have seen people that are obese, massively over, and you'll see that their ankles or feet are extremely swollen, and it has a large impact on the lymph. Because what happens when you're obese is you have to have more lymph vessels being built into the fat tissue itself. Because again, the fat has to go into the lymph. And so there'll be more vasculature, more more lymph vessels having to infiltrate the fat to deal with it, to get it into the bloodstream, 
than there would be on a normal weight individual. But what this does is it burdens the whole system. And so remember how I talked about in the beginning how it's a pressure-regulated system with smooth muscle and skeletal muscle, and then it has its own pressure within the vessels themselves. Well, if you have a ton of vessels, then that whole system gets enlarged, and then that whole system slows down its pressure. It's like going from a skinny diameter object to a wide diameter object. You're going to lose pressure. And so that's why you see lymph buildup, lymphedema, in the ankles or the hands with really morbidly obese individuals. But what that does, it doesn't just block up the lymph from flowing efficiently. It blocks up nutrients and fat transport from flowing efficiently, which starts to hinder the nutrition. Even if they're getting it in, the transport mechanism is then hindered, and the immune system, and the fluid balance in the tissues, because those are kind of the three main functions of the lymph. And so if you're burdening that system with just something as simple as being obese, you're going to have a hard time regulating your immunity, your fluid balance, and your nutrient transport with regards to fat-soluble vitamins in particular. And so you have a lot of things stacked up against you just from one system, not to mention your cardiovascular health and you know, all the other organs that are at play. And it's not just obese individuals that need to worry about lymphatic system issues either. I mean, all of us do. Anytime you're exposed to any amount of toxins, such as heavy metals like lead, mercury, whatever it may be. I mean, even things like chemo. I mean, we all know chemo is toxic. I mean, it kills everything in the body, not just cancer cells. And so a lot of times, like with breast cancer in particular, a lot of times they'll, if they catch it a little bit late, they'll have to take out some lymph nodes. And if they do that, then people will have chronically swollen limbs. So like the left arm will be chronically swollen due to lymph being just always in the tissue. And that's a hard thing to live with. You know, there's a pressure in the joints and in the musculature that comes with that. You know, there are certain things you can do to facilitate lymph drain. You know, massage is a great way to do that, especially if you're doing things like cupping and gua sha work with individuals. I mean, if you're getting lymphatic drain and the practitioner working on you isn't doing cupping or gua sha, then they're doing you a disservice. That should be absolutely included into lymphatic drain because it's really hard if you're dealing with especially a large volume of lymph that's chronically stuck in an area to manually get that out with your hands. You need sometimes negative pressure, which is what cups provide, because it gets embedded into the capillaries. There's a lot of lymph right at the surface. The lymph that runs is a lot of times right at the surface of your body. And so with something like cupping, when you get a suction like that, it pulls that up out of the tissue a little bit better. And then you can slide it and move it towards the heart and you get really good drainage that way. You can move it towards that thoracic cavity and get good drainage. There are other ways too. Hot and cold contrast is great. Anything that's going to kind of limit inflammation is going to be good for the lymphatic system. You know, sauna and then an ice bath is some of the best things you can do for the lymphatic system because you get a manual expansion and contraction rapidly. You go from extreme vasodilation and tissue dilation to very, very narrow diameter vasculature. And that forces the lymph into the midline of the body, which can be extremely good, especially if you're fighting some type of injury or if you're fighting 
chronic inflammation for some reason. I mean, the whole idea of managing the lymphatic system is to keep fluid moving in and out of your body. You know, that's why drinking a lot of water is really good. It's not just good for the kidneys and filtering things out. It keeps things moving fluidly through the body. You know, if you're chronically dehydrated, things are going to build up in the tissues. They're not going to diffuse as effectively through the body. And it's going to have a direct impact on the lymph and how it moves. Because if you don't have enough water, enough fluid to collect in the lymph, things get sluggish, you know, and then it has an impact on your blood as well. So the lymph and the blood are two very tightly regulated fluids that depend on one another. Because if a lymph isn't moving, then there has a, there's a tendency for things to get overbuilt up in the, in the tissue in that surrounding area. So toxins can accumulate, byproducts accumulate in the area, and it's a burden for the body to try to deal with that if the lymph isn't moving well. And occasionally you can go into sepsis, you know. That's why something like type 2 diabetes where it goes unmanaged, people lose their limbs. Because anytime you have impaction and fluid imbalance in tissue, then you're not going to get good blood supply. The lymph is going to be hindered by product accumulation building up in, let's say, the ankles or the lower legs. And you get sepsis, and then you have to be amputated. And unfortunately, it's all too common. And if you've ever wondered why during a massage or if you get sick and you get sinus congestion, that's lymph. There's a high amount of lymphocytes and receptors in the nostrils because they need to filter the air you're breathing in immediately. Similar to the tonsils, at the back of your throat, there's a high accumulation of lymph in the nostrils. And what that does is you get changes in nitric oxide. So nitric oxide is a vasodilator. It's a metabolite of niacin or nicotinamide. And that's why if you take niacin in a supplement form, especially, you'll feel a kind of burning sensation or a vasodilation and your skin gets red, it's because it's dilating everything. And what that dilation does is it helps clear lymph. And so without proper dilation and contraction of those lymph vessels and blood vessels, things would get trapped in tissue. There have been studies done with just people nose breathing when they're exercising instead of breathing out of their mouth, and your nitric oxide levels get increased substantially by doing that. So long distance running or something like that where you're not exhausting your oxygen supply where you have to breathe from your mouth. If you're breathing with your nose, even at rest, you're going to increase your nitric oxide levels in your body. And that's due to the lymphatic system and how it regulates nitric oxide. There was a study done by some New Zealanders where they looked at people that were sick and had immune system dysfunction, you know, colds, things like that. And they made them hum. So just any, you know, little ditty. <laughs> but what that does is it forces you to breathe through your nose. And it increases nitric oxide and builds your immunity because you're moving lymph. Because you're dilating those lymph vessels. And you can move more volume through there. Which is interesting. I mean, I'll link to that study in the show notes. But they basically said next time you're kind of feeling down or unwell, then you can just hum a little bit and 
it will boost immunity. But, I mean, that's essentially the way that it does it. It's clearing lymph from the major lymph vessels in your body. And I want to circle back around and talk more about the role of inflammation and the fluid balance and the role that the lymphatic system plays in all that. So, say you get some type of injury and you immediately start to get inflammation. In the initial stages, that inflammation is a good thing because it sends extra blood flow to the area, extra nutrients for repairing purposes. But what you don't want is chronic inflammation in an area. So inflammation that's, you know, lasting, you know, weeks on end without really going down, or let's say you twist an ankle or something like that, and you can get the inflammation down with some ice, but it keeps getting inflamed kind of over and over again if you're up on it or something like that. That starts to be a hindrance on the tissue. And in particular, in that case, sometimes the bone marrow, because the lymph and the bone marrow are tightly wound together as well. And that's why if you have bone inflammation, it can lead to bone death and cause chronic inflammation through there because the lymph can't move efficiently through the bone because the lymph is inside the skeleton as well. So any tiny bones, like in the hands or the feet, that bend and you get bone death due to inflammation, that's something to really pay attention to. So making sure you're dealing with the inflammation and making sure it's not habitually a problem is really, really important for not only immune system health, but tissue health. Because if you think about what your tissues are regulating, the skeleton alone is creating hormones and signaling molecules for the rest of the body, not to mention the musculature. So if you have chronic inflammation in an area, it can start to hinder your immune system and signaling molecules that should be moving freely through the lymph and through the blood. So taking care of inflammation through your diet, through hot and cold contrast, keeping things circulating and flowing is very important for the overall health of your body, not just your immune system. It's easy to forget even what the immune system is. You know, we hear that all the time, especially right now. Your immune system, your immune system, immunity, right? But the truth of the matter is, if you asked a random person on the street, what is your immune system? they couldn't tell you. You know, they might know a certain part of it or a, the basic function that it, you know, regulates your body and keeps you healthy, but they couldn't actually tell you where most of your immune system was housed and how different things got transported through your body, you know. And the lymph is the transport system for immune system, basically. I mean, I'm simplifying it drastically, but that's essentially what it's doing. It's scanning your body for foreign invaders, and it's transporting things to keep you healthy. I mean, the lymph is, has an entrance and an exit for a reason. It needs to pick things up out of the tissues that don't need to be there anymore, and it needs to deposit them into the bloodstream so it can be filtered and pooped or peed out of your body is the general gist. You know, 70% or so of the immune system is housed in the GI tract, in your gut. And that's why the lymphatic system has such a large presence there, because there's a lot it needs to deal with, because you're dealing with the microbiome. I mean, it's directly, the lymphatic system is directly tied in with the microbiome. And so when I'm talking about metabolic health and eating a broad range of species, and getting exercise and getting outside to get good vitamin D 
the lymph is what is transporting all of those end products that you should be able to get to that your body is digesting down and metabolizing. The lymph has a direct impact on transporting a lot of that through the other tissues to your body. I mean, if you think about the, some of the extracellular fluids that your body produces, you have synovial fluids in the joints that keep the joints lubricated. You have the cerebral spinal fluid, which is tied in with the lymphatic system, but it also is a part of its own system called the, the lymphatic system with a G. So cerebral spinal fluid runs through the spine, through your vertebrae. It also runs into the brain, but also it's tied in with the lymphatic system and, and it's very tightly regulated by sleep and the cardiovascular system. And so if you don't sleep well, your brain and the cerebral spinal fluid doesn't clear very well from the tissues, specifically in the brain. And so that's why there's such a heavy link between sleep and things like Alzheimer's or dementia, because you're not clearing that amyloid plaque that can build up due to stress in the tissue of the brain. And so the cerebral spinal fluid kind of acts as a cleansing agent, if you will. I mean, again, I'm drastically simplifying here. But in mid-sleep range, your body has an influx of that to the brain and to the spine. And it acts very similar to lymph where it's scanning and monitoring pathogenic factors that it can scrub out, in this case, the brain. So the central nervous system has a direct kind of fluid balance that it maintains in the brain and spinal cord at all times. But it also is tied in with the lymphatic system. You see what I'm getting at with that? So if the lymphatic system is compromised, then the glymphatic system will be compromised to some extent, leading to other issues, possibly. Which again, is why sleep is so important to manage your immunity. I mean, you could have the best nutrition in the world, take care of yourself, in the best way possible. But if you're not sleeping, then you're going to put a huge burden on the tissues and on your lymphatic system and on your fluid balance and eventually through the brain and through the spinal cord, which is exactly where you don't want issues to arise. So with any complex system of the body, the lymphatic system is really important to recognize what its function is, how it integrates with other systems of the body, and how you can manage it and think about it. Because again, it's one of those systems that we rarely pay attention to unless we have an issue going on. You know, and even then, I think people with, you know, chronic lymphedema may not fully understand what's going on. You know, if you know somebody with chronic lymphedema, feel free to send them this podcast. You know, they may find it helpful. The lymph is not a closed loop system. It integrates with everything in your body, just like any other system does in your body. You know, that's the thing that is hard to wrap your mind around if you're not used to thinking that way, that whenever you hear the word system, when it pertains to a body, every system is linked to every other system. And new systems, weirdly enough, are still being discovered in the body. Systems that they thought were just parts or compartmentalized pieces of other systems turn out to be full integrated systems, such as the lymphatic system. That was a pretty late system to kind of filter into the general population. It was pretty well known in the 17th century, but it took a long time for people to recognize its 
true functions and what it actually did in a body. And we're still figuring it out, like we are with a lot of the systems in the body. But it's important to realize that every system is tied together completely, and things depend on one another. And so if something isn't regulated well, then it's going to impact every system of your body, right? These aren't isolated, compartmentalized things. They're connected inherently together. And that's how you maintain your health. So a breakdown in a particular system, yes, it might not be detrimental to your health and well-being, but it's going to impact the rest of your body. And it's going to impact your well-being and health to some extent. Could be small, it could be very big. But the lymph is one of those systems that you want operating as efficiently as you possibly can. And you can do that through adequate nutrition, eating all five kingdoms, and getting diverse species in to keep the immune system modulated and shuttle in an appropriate amount of nutrients to all your tissues. You can do that through cold thermogenesis and the use of sauna or at least sweating because again sweating is going to help detoxify your body because you're sweating out not only water but oils. Exercise, all of that is going to maintain a proper fluid balance, increase lymph movement, and help the immune system. Because the moment you start getting backed up lymph in any area of the body, it's going to spend less time circulating through the body efficiently, meaning all 17 liters it has to get through, and that's going to have a direct impact on what it can survey in the immune system, and that gets filtered out of the blood, right? And so keeping this thing fluid where things are coming into the lymph and out of lymph into the blood is really, really, really important. I mean, insana use is probably, it's up there with probably one of the best things you can do for the lymphatic system, especially if you're doing hot and cold contrast with like sauna and an ice bath or even hot and cold contrast in the shower is a great way to manage your lymph. Hot and cold are probably the two most practical ways to really manage your lymphatic system. You know, we tend to have a pretty big aversion to cold, most of us, because we're so used to setting the thermostat to 70 degrees. We're not used to being out in the cold, but that is very important as well because it forces more pressure in the body and more pressure to the core of your body to keep your organs functioning where all that chyle is stored in the small intestine. You see what I'm getting at? That's why cold thermogenesis can help you convert white fat to brown fat and the lymph has a direct job in that conversion and that transport. Don't fear the cold. The cold is useful, and you can use it for a therapeutic benefit, so embrace it. And lastly, some foods that you can eat to kind of facilitate the lymphatic system. Anything gelatinous, so things like okra or chia seeds or even aloe vera can all help because it bolsters the mucous membranes of your body. And remember, the lymphatic system has mucous membranes. That's why... It's in places like the nostril, right? So anytime you can enhance the mucous membranes, it, that's going to help fight infection because that's where things build up, right? Those are predominantly where the white blood cells end up or in the membranes, in the mucosal membranes of the body. So it's in your gut lining, it's in the lymphatics, it's in the mouth and in the nose, right? All these entrances and exits of your body where things can come in and out, you're going to have substantial mucous membrane linings. So gelatinous foods can help maintain those and give those a little bit more integrity. So those are really important. 
Some antidiuretic stuff like dandelion greens or dandelion root can help the lymphatic. If you have kind of overabundance of built up fluid, it can help take some of that out. Any type of diuretic, you need to be careful in the way that you manage your fluid balance. And a third kind of supplement style you could do would be niacin. That will help kind of clean up and vasodilate the tissues a little bit to keep things moving adequately through the body. You know, but the great thing about the lymph is it's a pretty robust system all in all. I mean, unless you're getting breakdowns in other systems, typically you're not going to notice it a whole lot, hopefully anyway. If you're leading a healthy lifestyle and getting adequate nutrition and you're not impacted in any other system, typically it's going to be modulated pretty well on its own. But it's always a good idea to kind of think about the different systems of your body occasionally and support those. Maybe, you know, even if it's once a year, you know, just some extra dandelion greens or maybe some extra gelatinous foods, you know, maybe adding some chia seeds to a smoothie, something like that. That's the thing with a whole well-rounded nutrition plan is you're going to be involving every system of the body because nutrition and food touches every single system of the body. But it's always wise to kind of think about the different systems and how they're interacting occasionally. It's never going to be a bad thing to check in with the liver or the lymph or the, your skin. You know, it's important to understand how all of these things interact together. So if something does come up, you at least have a bit of a physiology, anatomy understanding of what's going on. And therefore, you may be able to help and facilitate some healing. Okay, I think this is going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, get outside, get some good sunlight, eat well-balanced food, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ancestral Elements Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave me a rating and review. This will help people find the podcast so we can grow the audience. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to talk to me personally, go to ancestralelements.com slash community to get access to the forum. We go through each episode every week and talk about these concepts and ideas in greater detail, and you can connect with other listeners.